0: This is the CCOH podcast brought to you by Community Church of Hudson, located in Hudson, Iowa. Join us in our conversations with any questions or thoughts by submitting them to podcast at ccohonline.org. For more information about Community Church of Hudson, please visit our website at www.ccohonline.org.
1: back. We're so glad you chose to join us again this week for our CCOH podcast. Uh, Hoping you're having a great day. My name is Chip Herrera. I get the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at our church. And uh, this week, if you joined us on our podcast last week, you got a little bit of an update, a little bit of a sneak into the subject matter for this week and then the coming weeks. We are kicking off a new series uh, we did yesterday that we have titled The Kitchen Table. And the reason for that is simply put, most of the time, good conversations, family type conversations happen around the kitchen table. And so we are actually for the next four weeks going to be in this series. And what it is, is it's really a peek behind the heart or into the heart of Community Church of Hudson. We have been doing a ton of work behind the scenes in our, in our leadership and our elders, and we have really could begin to, to formulate what it is that we are about, that what we, uh, what the heartbeat of Community Church is about. And so we're kind of gonna be answering that series in a, or that over the course of the series in a little bit of a who, what, why, how kind of framework And this week, we kicked that off and it was really interesting. I'm flying alone solo again today, but we had an interesting kickoff yesterday where we had two of our other leaders, two of our elders who help oversee the church. Um, They were a part of our conversation during the service on Sunday morning. So if you want to listen to that or watch that and then come back to this conversation or vice versa, you can catch all of our sermons at ccohonline.org slash sermons. If you go out there, you'll be able to typically by Monday afternoon, you're able to watch uh, the previous day's sermons, and that way you can keep up with what we're talking about. Because what I'll say today will not be all the same conversation that uh, was had, because I was more moderating and throwing things out there. But but not doing the biggest part of it. But one of the things that was really cool was these two gentlemen, Jeff and Wes, they had a chance to share briefly kind of the Reader's Digest version of their story, of what it was that brought them to understanding uh, the necessity in their life for faith in Christ. And so we got to hear their stories and then we got to talk about what it is our mission is, our why behind what we do. And really simply put, That's it's not original language, it's not even an original thought or idea. If you go to almost any church, you're gonna see some variation of the same idea. Now it might be in longer sentences, it might be in a paragraph, it might be in different ways of saying it. But if you peel it all down, it's really about one thing. And we believe that Community Church of Hudson exists for one reason. And that reason is to help people know Jesus more fully. Um, and I'm going to hang out here and talk about this, why we boiled it down to that simple statement. Well, first and foremost, we think it's easy to remember. Uh, if it's too hard to remember, you can't do it. And so we think it's easy to remember. We think it's something that uh, we're able to duplicate pretty quickly in, in statements and in an idea that what we do, our purpose, everything that we do, whatever program, whatever uh, idea we've, we formulate, if it does not ultimately help people know Jesus more fully, then it's not for us to do. It's not to, bat, it's not to say it's a bad idea. It's not to say it's not even an appropriate uh, idea for another church, but it doesn't fit into our categories. So we say we, we exist to help people know Jesus more fully. Now, the important reason that we simplified it and we left it broad is that gives us all kinds of what's. The, the why is simple, we exist, help people, know Jesus. The, what we, the how we do that and the what we do to accomplish that really is pretty broad and we did that on purpose. But we say three things, that if we begin to really try and focus in on how God has called community church to uh, help people know Jesus more fully, we say in three ways are our, our filters. First of all is connect. Are we gonna connect with God and with others? is really the simplistic way of putting that. Uh, The next one is grow, to grow in our love for and knowledge of Christ and others. And lastly is go, to go across the street and around the world because we believe God has given us a mandate to be about people, to tell people about Jesus. Uh, I've heard it said before that, that in, a, in a kind of a cliche way that saved people save people. Now, we have no saving power. We don't have any power or ability. But what that statement means is if you've come to know Christ, then it's innate in you. Then there is a desire. There is, a, there is uh, not only a desire, but a mandate from Scripture. And we'll look at some here in a moment to help people come to that same realization. So one of the things that we talked about yesterday was Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It's In the church world, it's a scripture that's called the Great Commission. Um, and it's interesting when you think about that co-mission. It's, it's a mission with Christ. It's partnering with him. And so it's doing. It's, a, it's action. There's activity behind it. But here's what it says. Matthew, the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew 28. And I'm going to actually read 18 through 20. And it says this. It says, and Jesus came and said to them, them, the disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. There's so much to unpack here and, and really just, I wanna hit a few ideas out of this, but number one, the authority is not ours. The authority is not resting in us. It's not about what we have to offer. It's not about what we bring to the table. The authority is God's. It's Jesus. The authority is in Jesus. When Jesus, at another time when he was talking to his disciples, he made the very bold statement, and today it's the very offensive statement of, I am the way, the truth, the life. It's important to understand that when Jesus answered that question, and answered it in such a way with the way, the truth, the life. He was speaking into a world of other voices. He was speaking into a culture that had other belief systems screaming in their ears and talking about, no, it's this way and it's this is the way and this is okay and you can do this. Not dissimilar to what we have in our culture today that would love for people to believe that all roads lead to Jesus and all roads lead to God. It's not true. Jesus himself says it's so. So his authority, it's his authority. We're not going out. We're not not showing the love of God. We're not telling people about Jesus in our own authority. We're doing so in his authority. And secondly, go and make disciples. So because of the authority, he says it, verse 19, go therefore. The therefore is because we have Jesus's authority, we can go. And actually, as it would be, a different way of translating this would be in, as you are going, make disciples. So it's, it's not about helping people understand their need for Jesus as a Savior and leaving it at that. It's helping people know and love Jesus. That's why the connect is connecting people to Jesus and each other and then growing, growing in our love for and knowledge of Christ. A disciple knows their teacher. A disciple is a follower of their teacher. He knows their, the the disciples know the teacher's laws and the teacher's uh, instruction. They know the teacher's voice. And it's it's through that knowledge that they're able to follow Jesus. So it's helping them realize we need Jesus and then helping us grow in our discipleship and grow in our, our followership and obedience to Jesus. And then, The last thing is, behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus promises he's with us. He's empowering us. His authority is is ours. We're doing it in his authority and he has promised to go with us. And But here's some more scriptures and and they're just so incredible because we have been invited into this mission with God. You know, it's funny. I I talk to people quite often and, and or have talked to people quite often and they talk about you know, my life is boring. It's boring to be a Christian. It's boring to follow Jesus. It's you don't get to do anything. There's a list of do's and don'ts, and et cetera, et cetera. And my big pushback on that is, it's not true. If you're living the life of a true follower of Christ, it's exciting because you're on mission with God, and it's incredible as we look back through history. So, if we look back in the Bible history, Jesus shows up on planet Earth. He chooses 12 people, 12 men, to follow him and to start teaching his ways. And then we're told in scripture in a few places, we see it's 12, and then we see it's 120 in the book of Acts, and then we see it's 3,000, and then we see thousands added daily. So, you know, 12 goes to 120, and 120, which is still not a huge group, goes to thousands. And thousands now have turned into billions. And we're talking about it still thousands of years later. So it can't possibly be boring if we're following Jesus. Now, it's not always easy, but it can't possibly be boring. But here's another commandment. Here's another reason that we are to to choose this mission or to step into this mission is 2 Corinthians 5, 20 through 21. Paul puts it this way. He says, therefore, because of what he taught before, we are ambassadors for Christ God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we are ambassadors. It's interesting politically, most people don't really pay attention to ambassadorship. Uh, We hear it all the time, ambassador so-and-so to whatever country. But what we don't understand is the depth of which that really goes. You see, when somebody goes to another country as an ambassador, they go, it's as if the president were going. It is not just another person. The idea of the um, ambassador, regardless of the country they're being sent to or from, the idea of an ambassador to such and such place is that they are going in the authority and in the name of the country they're coming from. So whatever they say, they've been empowered to say. Whatever they do, they've been empowered to do from their leadership. And for us, our leadership is Christ. We have been given the authority that he has to speak on his behalf. God making his appeal through us is the rest of that verse. So we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. It's really kind of an interesting thought and an interesting process to to consider the fact that God's plan for the furthering of his gospel, so the perpetual movement of his gospel, his only plan for that was through you and I, was through people. So again, when we step back and we say as a church. Now, one of the things we talked about, and I'll I'll talk about this a little more at the end. One of the things we talked about this is this is an easy statement to say as a church. But if you're a follower of Christ, you can actually pull the church name out of that statement and actually put your name in yourself or make it personal. I exist to help people know Jesus more fully. See, it's not up to somebody else if that's the case. I'm getting ahead of myself. So we're told we're ambassadors. The Gospel of Mark says it another way, says chapter 16, verses 15 through 16, and it said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. The the impetus for this is not pity, it's redemption. The, The driving force behind telling people about Jesus is not because we know better, but it's because we've been rescued, and it was interesting. Uh, Jeff and, and Wes, the two gentlemen that were part of it yesterday, um, their stories are kind of different. And you know, not that either of them are terrible or whatever. But but Wes, when we were planning, it was talking about how you know his story doesn't have much meat on it. Like it was it was it's more of a story of God's protection than God's redemption that God protected him from getting involved in all of these other things. But regardless of what our story is, regardless of how good we think we are, what we have ultimately is an understanding that God has rescued us because it's not about our behavior, it's about separation from him. And so as we tell people about Jesus, it's not because we are better than them it's because we've been rescued and we want to throw a life, for life preserver. You know, it'd, be, it'd kind of be like if we were on a storm and we were shipwrecked and we were, you and I were able to get into the boat, a, a lifeboat, and there were all kinds of people floating in the ocean around us and we could get them in, but we chose not to. Well, if we chose to help somebody, that's not because we're better than them. It's because we've, we are rescued and now we can turn around and rescue other people. So I think it's important for us to understand that we are to go in and proclaim this whole the whole message to the whole creation. Now, contrary to to you know the the old movie all dogs go to heaven, I don't I don't know that the animals have souls. I don't know that. I don't see it read, written in the Bible. But when God is saying all creation, I think he's meaning all people. But I had a I had a friend growing up that was, you know, going in to be a minister and preach and he would get in front, he would get our dog, our family dog, and the dog would just sit there and stare at him. And he would just sit there and he would basically preach to this dog in practice. Now, I don't, again, I don't think it mattered at all to the dog, but it, it just kind of was a picture that came to mind with this. Um, and it's just this idea that you and I are called to be about what God has asked us to do, what God has, uh, his mission and his purpose in life. And it's, it's just this awesome opportunity that lies before us that we've been able to be a partner with. Um, there's a there's an interesting uh, quote from a pastor named Matt Chandler in Texas. And, and it's talking about the importance of knowing the scripture. And again, all authority from God is, is given through the scripture. That's what we have. The Bible is what we have for his, his authority. And so here's the, here's the kicker. We have to know the Bible. We have to know that authority. And he makes this, this statement, he says, if you're not confident in the authority of the scriptures, you will be a slave to what sounds right. And that's so important in, in today's culture, in today's society is that we know the Bible, that we know what God is actually saying to us. So it just doesn't sound right. Um, it's so easy to slip into some of those, this just sounds right. But it's, it's such an important thing. And, and I want to circle back to the, the internalizing. Um, it's what we have to internalize is the, the idea that this is ultimately the most important thing to us. Um, and I don't know that we think that. There's a great quote from Pastor J.D. Greer out in North Carolina. Uh, he says this. He says, when something becomes so important to you that it drives your behavior and commands your emotions, you are worshiping it. And I think for many of us, if we're not careful, we slip into the idea that that what we do on a Sunday morning is worship and what we do the rest of the week is, is, un, is unimportant. But I think what God is saying to us is all of it's important and all of it wraps around and all of it is a part of your mission that I've invited you on. And we, you know, as we were talking about this service and we were planning as leadership, there's one of the things that I'm not, I'm convinced that we get afraid of the word evangelism. And I'm not so much talking about that. I'm simply just talking about making God a part of our everyday life. Uh, And I know I've said probably on this podcast a few times, but the weekend conversation today at work, what did you do over the weekend? If we're not careful, we skip over Sunday, which should be some of the most important uh, times in our lives, some of the most important things in our lives. So, as we as a church, if you are a part of community church, that's why we exist, is to help people know Jesus more fully. But even on a bigger picture than the church, that's why you and I exist. Eliminate the church name and plug our own name in there. We exist for that. And if you and I are doing that, then we as a church can do that. And it's helping people know that Jesus has a purpose and a plan for their lives, that Jesus has a hope to give to them. So maybe you're saying to yourself as I kind of wrap this up that, you know, I'm afraid, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't, Matt, Acts I 1.8, I believe God knew that that would be part of our problem. He says this, he says, but you will see receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Two things there. Matthew 28 tells us the authority lies with Jesus. Acts tells us that the power comes from the Holy Spirit. So the authority is not ours and the power is not ours. When we step out in to do this, when we we say we can't do this, we are saying God is not big enough to help us do this. That's an important thing that we've got to pray against and we've got to ask God to forgive us of that. Second ending of that statement is, and you will be my witnesses. There is no uh, out clause. There is no clause in this. There is no loophole in this that, If you're under five foot 10, you don't have to be. It doesn't say that, it says, and you will be. There's an imperative, there's a command behind that language in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So here's how this works for us. If If you're in Hudson, Iowa, you will be my witnesses in Iowa, or in, excuse me, in Hudson. You will be my witnesses in all Judea, in all Iowa. In all Samaria, in all the U.S., into the end of the earth, to around the world. That is why our last word is to go across the street and around the world. We are um, we are mandated to join God's mission. We are invited to join God's mission. So, if your life as a follower of Christ seems too small, then your image of who God is is too small, and you misunderstand the fact that your day to day is not just a ritualistic routine of living, but your day-to-day is a continual invitation into the mission that God has for you. And that mission is to help people know him and to help people know the love and the grace and the care and the, the, the hope of a relationship with him. It's not about a head knowledge, it's about a relationship. It's about people helping them understand that God knows them deeply and cares about them. God bless you. Have a great day.
0: This has been the CCOH Podcast brought to you by Community Church of Hudson, located in Hudson, Iowa. You can subscribe to our podcast at www.ccohonline.org podcast for the latest episodes and conversations we have about sermon messages and topics in our world today. If there are any questions that were not mentioned in this recording, please contact us by email at podcast at ccohonline.org. Join us next week as we continue our conversations.